video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. to the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast. Episode 149 has arrived and it's loaded with treats that are just as sweet as Halloween candy. We've got a cauldron brimming with new games, spine tingling news and fang-tastic movie review of what we do in the shadows. Indeed. S- see what I did there. Uh, I'm Jess and joining me tonight, uh, today or whatever time you're listening, is Pure Dead Craig. Yes, and not Andy, because no. he doesn't know what fucking day it is. No, so we switched our recording evening and Andy forgot. Yeah, because it's Halloween on the day we usually record, we thought we'll move it because we would be bombarded with children trying to fucking climb in our windows to try and steal all the candy. Or Pokemon cards that I... Or the Pokemon cards that you've got. Secured, yep. And we told the Dauber last week, we reminded him on Saturday... And I messaged him about 20 minutes ago saying, you remember you're coming tonight, aye? Oh, I'm, I'm halfway through making a curry. <laughs> what? <laughs> a fucking curry? Yes. Not even any crisps on it. Hmm. There's a lot of people disappointed, by the way, with his antics last week. And they never even had to witness him spitting it out. They did, yeah, that did On happen. the plate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shambles from him. Absolute shambles. No harm or nothing. <laughs> Absolutely none. So what's been happening, Jess? Um, worky work. Halloweeny, Halloweeny. Apple teeny. Nope. Did have a gin at the weekend, though. Uh, I had two gins and you were here. Are you at worse for well the next day? Aha. Uh-huh. Did not deserve that. <laughs> well, that's debatable. It's what age is doing to me. It's... That's why I don't drink anymore. I just can't. Like, I don't know. See, if I didn't get any sort of hangovers, I'd probably be an alcoholic. Mm. But I get really, really, really fucking bad hangovers to the point where even when I'm tempted, I'm like, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. No. Like, I'm just in a ball crying for about four days. <laughs> it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Mm. But yeah, it's been pretty. The, the, the temp, fair play, the temperature's starting to turn. I'm happy about that. My office is chanking, mm. absolutely chanking. I left today about half an hour early because I was like, "That's a, enough is enough. I can't even feel my fingers anymore." And um, when I got outside, at first there was a little gust of wind. So it felt colder, but then as soon as the gust of wind went away, I'm like, it's the fucking same temperature out here as it is in there. There's definitely like a crack up high in the window or something like that, because it's it's exactly the same. I'm gonna have to acquire some sort of heated device. I'll sit, I'll scour the building, and if I can't find one, then I'll. I don't know. Do you get PR companies for heating devices? Do we? 
I mean, probs, yeah. Could we sell ourselves as some sort of heat in the fish and <laughs> I mean... I'll leave that to you. That right. seems like a jest job. <laughs> so I was reading an article about a study that was showing people like images to provoke like different emotions. So like amusement, sadness, desire or anger, right? Mm-hmm. And see the people that were like provoked the anger. They did way better in solving puzzles. The people that get angry faster. Yeah. So, I was, you, you would not think that. You would think they just get frustrated and break well, it. Yeah. But then I was thinking how you apply this to games. And I'm like, see, when you do get right annoyed, mm-hmm. you know, I th- it probably does invoke you to be better. Sometimes. But then I find what other times, like, there's times I've got stuck at a boss. And I'm like, fuck you, fuck life, fuck everything. And I turn it off and then I come back half an hour later and I do it the first time. Yeah, that happens a lot. And it kind of clears your mind space. Exactly. And somebody posed the question, I'm sure, in our Discord, like, have you ever broken anything? Oh, yeah. Like, during a game or through frustration of playing a game? Um, pretty sure you have. I've said this before. I'd, I have, like, Andy would probably be able to tell you for sure because he probably was there. But um, I can't remember if I went to this exact... In my head, I did go to this exact extreme, but so there was Duck Hunt. You used to get a... And back in the NES, there was a double pack, and it was Mario 1 and Duck Hunt. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I took Duck Hunt, the cartridge out, and started smashing it up with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, I, I didn't, like... Don't worry, it wasn't, like, one of these, like, stone-cold serial killer fucking sat the fucking cartridge down mm-hmm. walked out to the garage got a fucking hammer came back inside made a sandwich then came back and started smashing it up like there, there must have been one within range do yeah. you know what i mean yeah but I, i'm pretty sure i did that mm. pretty sure i remember going fucking nuts yeah i don't the think... tracking wasn't good enough for my liking i was hitting those ducks <laughs> Like I was getting to those later levels and those ducks were getting fucking hit and the hit boxes weren't right and I wasn't happy about it. And I wanted to vent my frustration. Mm. Sure, I got into a lot of trouble as well. <laughs> That's seventy pounds. Seventy pounds about four grand back then. Yeah. Back in the I mean, maybe times. that's it's a good thing that games are now mostly digital. Yeah. But you can just go up and volley the PlayStation or the Xbox. That's true. TVs are very fragile as well these days. It's not the big boxes that you had before. It was much harder to break through that that sort of glass screen now. It's much easier. Yeah. I've never I've never went to that extreme. No. I did smash a phone one time when Celtic were losing five 0 <laughs> in a European a European qualifier against Armenia Bratislava. It was, people maybe remember the old Nokia and you could like, it was supposed to be shockproof and waterproof mm-hmm. and it was it was rubber and you pushed it in the middle and it would come apart in two bits mm-hmm. and it looked almost like an egg and in the middle it was like a one of those like sort of plastic eggs and you put it together and I think in my head I maybe thought it would have survived it but when that fifth goal went in I just got up <laughs> Fucking launched this phone and hit off the uh, the wall and it just shattered into about a hundred bits and I was like, instant damn regret. It. Oh, I instantly I was like, God damn it! I hadn't even had it for that long either. I hadn't even tested to see if it was waterproof. Like the shockproof thing seemed to be working out quite well until then, mm-hmm. but I hadn't even got to test if it was waterproof. 
but it wasn't fucking Celtic 5-0 down and a European qualifier proof tell you that much um, speaking of getting angry or not controlling stuff so I read this weird thing and obviously it's from America because everything's from America right it was in what state was it I don't even know it doesn't say but it was uh, the the Tacoa Riverside restaurant right mm-hmm. and apparently at the bottom of their menu it says there will be a surcharge for parents unable to parent right you're like, what? What does that Aye. entail? And the, the menu also says, no respect, no service. So they're towing a fine line, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. They're setting their stall out early doors. But apparently there was this couple and they went in with their kid. And at the end of the meal, they got the bill. And there was a $50 charge on the bottom of it because of the kid. And the guy was like, what the fuck is this? And they were like, because your kid was out of control. And they maintained that the kids sat there and watched an iPad while they were waiting for the food to arrive. They ate the food and then the mum took the kid outside to play while he paid the bill. Mm-hmm. And they're like, nah, 50 quid. Get out of you. Your kid was too loud. Wow. I mean, we've been in some restaurants where there's been some unruly kids. <laughs> Can you imagine the charges? I mean, don't get me wrong. There's every chance this fucking guy's at it. His kid was probably being a prick. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, he just sat and didn't even look up from his iPad once. But, I mean, that's mental. Can you imagine that gets started to get implemented over yeah. here? I mean, I've heard of, like, dog-friendly cafes or restaurants, like, implementing a kind of three-bark rule and you're out kind of thing. Like, mm. you'd be asked to sort of, listen, if your dog's not going to settle, like, you can't, you know, because it is disruptive to the rest of the restaurant, but it depends how... So you would like to implement, like, a sort of three-strike rule when a child would maybe get tied <laughs> up outside? No. No, I'm just Put a saying. Put lead on it and just tie it up. I'm sorry, your child will have to be tied up on a lead outside because they have murmured three times. <laughs> no, I'm de- I understand the dog thing. I'm, what look, I'm, I'm not against it. If we like... have to tie our kids up outside and have a good time inside, I'm fine with it. If if that's what the law says, mm-hmm. then who am I to intervene? Yeah, um, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's very fair. On who are the kids? Um, well, just the, well, the customers, if that's what they're implementing, it's America, but and they're just looking for more ways to skin folk. Yeah, they've already got the like, oh, your here's your bill, but actually, see when you add on the tax, it's actually it's actually forty pound more, and then see when you add on our our service charge because we don't actually pay our employees, that's another fifty. <laughs> Fuck off, America. Yeah. Anyway, games. Yeah, so games. And speaking of games, there is a new gaming podcast on the scene. Um, If you subscribe to our show, then you may have seen on Tuesday the very first Pure Dead Xbox podcast episode. So if you've been there from the beginning of Xbox unboxing the original Behemoth, or if you've recently hopped on board with the Series XRS, Pure Dead Xbox is monthly go-to destination for all things Xbox going forward. So you can join your host, Couchy, and Deadbeat Punk in the pilot episode as they reminisce about their very first encounters with an Xbox console and also dive into listener stories on their experiences as well so if you've not yet checked that out please do so subscribe if you're on the green side if you're not then or if you're green curious yeah or if you're green curious yeah no brilliant episode 
Uh, glad to have them aboard. It's going to be some fucking Christmas night out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just imagine like the night before when Seth Rogen turns up with that box and it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one of every drug in the world. And we're all like that, take, <laughs> we're all dividing it out. Right. You could have that. You take that first. Then we'll just run up and down the street in our pants. <laughs> Uh, okay, it's that time in our podcast adventure where we peel back the pixelated curtain in our gaming escapades in our segment on what we've been playing. So first up, since we have both been playing it, let's shine a light on the eerie mysteries of Alan Wake 2. Um, so yeah, this game, Alan Wake 2, released last week. Um, obviously fans of the original have been waiting for quite a while. Um, the OG launched all the way back in 2010. Remedy had talked about ideas for a sequel for quite a bit hasn't they um and i yeah. think a lot of people kind of thought oh, it's not gonna it's never gonna happen uh, but then I it was one of these like if it was gonna happen it happened but now yeah and then it happened yeah um so th- thanks in part i believe to the success of like fortnite epic games funded um the development of alimate 2 which is why it's kind of exclusive to the epic game store on pc and then there's that fortnite crossover that we mentioned last week as well um another thing to know that is that it's a digital only game on pc and console which remedy said helped to keep the price down uh, which makes sense but i suppose they will like, end up doing like a limited run yeah probably um but it's interesting because i think i don't know i think this move to digital is kind of coming at a faster pace than people are maybe prepared oh God, for yeah. like yeah i mean like they say they've i mean don't be wrong they had to say something because there will be people that were pissed off and i get that i get if mm. you're pissed off but it's true it costs a lot less mm-hmm. just to make it digitally yeah like they don't want to be putting out like unnecessary costs mm-hmm. it's, a business it's, it's not it's not even a full price game like and i think all that kind of ties into like look, let's make this as appetizing as possible because the original Alan Wake is a cracking game. It's got a really hardcore fan base, but it was never like that fucking mega hit. It sold well, and it did well, but it was never like, holy fuck, the fucking numbers Alan Wake did. Like, mm-hmm. But it was loved by those that did play it, well, for the most part. So, yeah, it's one of these where I don't think necessarily, like, a sequel was just going to like fly off the shelves and I don't know, record breaking numbers or anything like that. So I think that's why they were like, I think it was like £54 or something like that. It wasn't mm-hmm. a £70 mm-hmm. title. So bringing the cost down, I mean, and maybe see if they'd done a uh, a physical release, maybe it had to be £70. Yeah. But this has allowed them to release it a bit cheaper, a bit more affordable, similar to what they're doing with uh, Robocop. Mm-hmm. It has come out. Um, physical I'm sure but again it's a slightly reduced price and I think like that's what these kind of games need to do they need to find ways to sort of make themselves as enticing as possible mm-hmm. but um, obviously but yeah, the, yeah, I don't like to so the, the sco- score that it, it's currently sitting with I think again has made it more enticing for people because people that perhaps might not have checked it out are sort of looking at the scores it's 89 on metacritic and 90 on open critic currently um so do you know what i mean like people have probably have looked at that and went mm, actually maybe it is worth worth trying um it's a ridiculous score like i, I mean i've been 
desperate for this to come out. Like, it's one of my most anticipated games. Like, I loved the first game. Everything we saw from the second game looked really cool. But I didn't expect it to score as high as that. Mm -hmm. I was thinking low to mid-80s, which would be good. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, I, I, I mean, when it first came in, it was a 92, and we were like, holy shit. But what do you think so far? Yeah, so me and Craig have both been playing it. We're only a couple of chapters in, I think. We finished the third chapter. Yeah. Um, I'm massively impressed. Obviously, I don't know much of the story from before. We did watch we a... We watched a recap. Because it's been ages since I played it as yeah. well. I do wish we'd actually played the Fortnite thing. We just ran out of time to do that beforehand. But but yeah, so even but even not knowing the backstory, I'm already... Like, you know, from chapter one from the, the the scene set initially in that kind of opening segment i'm like i'm intrigued like what yeah. the fuck's going on here there's so much mystery there's so much i just that the atmosphere just sucks you right in you're like already i feel like i'm so invested obviously it's got that massive like detective element yeah. and you're piecing parts of the puzzle together you're uncovering clues and i just that, that's the kind of i really like that puzzle solving mystery mm. type you know genre it's interesting like i've heard quite a few people pre-released and since it's come out like liking it to true detective okay and like we love all those types of shows but for some reason that's not, one, that's we've seen, not yeah. one we've seen and like i feel like if we had we'd probably be even more so like oh my god like i'm already obviously but um but like you say yeah just it, everything about it just drags you in yeah it's just these those little moment to moments and and it's not been action heavy so far and i don't no. think it's gonna be and i suppose some people might not quite appreciate that i don't know you're just like walking from place to place but it's the dialogue and the interaction mm -hmm. and the the detail. surroundings that you're immersed in that you're really like whoa like it, that's what's sucking me in anyway and the visuals themselves oh my god it's just absolutely stunning yeah it's one of the best looking games i've ever seen the light and the reflection like it just looks there's no, I think I made the point when we're playing at one point that there's just, like sometimes like a game you'll be like, like this is unfair, right? Because it was a budget, again, a budget title that started as DLC and it's open world, like, and I loved it. I'm not trying to knock it, but like say Assassin's Creed Mirage, right? See, at certain points that looked incredible and then at certain points you were like, oh. Now it was on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not exactly the best comparison, but you get that a lot in games where you're like, in certain places it looks incredible, in other places it's like, oh, that's a wee bit rough over there. Seen Alan Wake so far, there's been fucking none yeah, of that. I mean, it's, it's a Everything looks on point. A linear experience, but I think perhaps what they've cleverly done and made better use of the assets that they've created is, like, I don't know, like, we've we've been to the same place twice so far, but they've been so different because it's been a different time of day and mm -hmm. so the lighting has been totally different the weather elements have been different so like the leaves are on the trees are blowing way more frantically and you're stuff like that you're picking up different things each uh -huh, time you're, getting a to you're at the same place but you're getting a totally different vibe and as I say they've maybe just reused some of the same assets that they've built but again they've, they've managed to just make the world completely different yeah yeah, absolutely. It's it's really impressive. And yeah. just like, I think Chris on the Discord had said as well, it's like Naughty Dog levels of that sort of immersion when you're just walking from place to place. 
with the dialogue, the way the dialogue flows, mm-hmm. the way the characters, the attention details with the characters move and the way yeah. they evolve. I mean, she's got that, like the Saga Anderson, who's the character, one of the characters that you play as, like she's definitely got that FBI swag. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> one thing, what the fuck is with the name Saga? Have you ever heard of that? I've not. No. Um, she, I mean, maybe it's quite a common. I've never heard that name in my fucking puff. I keep, for some reason, calling Sam Lake's character Anderson, mm-hmm. even though he's not. Mm-hmm. And I, do you know what part of me think? <laughs> part of me, I think the reason is that Sam Lake's face looks a little bit like the guys in The Matrix, and they're all Anderson. And I mm-hmm. think it's that connection somehow that keeps making me call Alan Wake's character. I can't even think right now what his character's called. But um, I keep calling him Anderson and then being like, no, no, you're Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Again, though, if you you know if you are um, a fan of the series, if you've played Alan Wake original Control, you know there's loads of lore that you'll understand way more than perhaps I will. I love um, this connected universe. Yeah, like I don't want to give any. There's already we're not far in, but there's already been a couple of nice wee nods and stuff like that that I would just rather people experience for themselves. But I, I love the idea of this. I just think it's really, really fucking cool. And, like, I hope, like, the next time they make a new IP that it somehow ties in as well because I just think it's it's such a clever idea. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's something that doesn't get done enough where you just have to go, right, the world's a big place. Like, if you're, if you're a company, you're making different games, something can be going on over here and something can be going on over... Like, and just being able to tie that in in cool ways, it's such awesome fan service yeah they have by the way remedy have already confirmed there's two expansions coming mm. so there's night springs which they said will be late 2024 and then the lake house which doesn't have a date yet so um that's cool there's more to come from the story which which is cool yeah um yeah i wonder if like so obviously control came out and there was no sort of concrete or even i don't even think there was much of a a nod to it at all that it was the same at Universe as Alan Wake, but it was then the DLC for Control that tied them together. Right. And so it'd be interesting to see if the DLC for Alan Wake 2 then ties into the next Control, because we know they're making a sequel to Control. Mm. So it could perhaps help bridge the gap back into that or into something new. They're also making, remaking Max Payne 1 and 2 into one game. Um, be nice if they maybe somehow tied that in. Like it, it could all be connected. Like very, very cool. Yeah. So the kind of detail for the Lake House um, expansion that I mentioned. It says players will visit a mysterious facility on the shores of Cauldron Lake. Um, secret research is going on in the facility, and things go badly. That sounds like it could tie into control. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um. They don't see, but I mean, I, I like the idea of that mm-hmm. I really do, and I, th- I think it's something they should really run with because not a lot of people do it. Mm-hmm. So, Alan Wake is a survival horror. Yeah, it's way more survival horror, I'd say, than the first one. The yeah. first one I did attempt to be survival horror, but it wasn't. I don't know. I don't think there was much scary about the first game. Yeah, what's your <laughs> what's your thoughts on this one? There's been a few jump scares so far. A couple of jump scares, yeah. Mm. There was one part where me and you fucking leapt. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I just didn't expect to come in. Anyone who's played the first couple of chapters will know the bit that I'm talking about. Mm. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really get jumpy at games. Mm. Not really. I mean, they're occasionally, but like, I don't know. I've always got that disconnect. Yeah. But there's ways that they can do it so that like you just like it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And the two of it's us, the timing of it, isn't uh-huh, it? The I two think. of us literally hopped on our seat. <laughs> I think as the game progresses, though, like we sort of, it's probably not going to give us the same fright because we kind of will maybe get a bit more used to them if if they occur perhaps but i I think the way they delivered that jump scare in question i think they could do that every five minutes and it'll fucking get me aye probably probably um my only concerns i suppose so far the game and you know we'll need to wait and see how the game plays out people that finish it will maybe know but i'm just a bit worried that i don't know the narrative of the story is gonna there's, I don't know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of, like, logical things that you're like. And I'm just worried it's going to leave us with more questions than answers. I don't know how the first one ended, but... It's possible. Like, yeah. I, I, I do remember with the first one, the one sort of negative I had was that I thought by the end it was just starting to be a little bit... It was trying to be a little bit too clever. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, there doesn't need to be as much as this, like... And don't be wrong, that has opened the door for over the years loads of like fan discussions over oh, I think this meant this mm-hmm. and I think this is what was actually going on and what about this? And that's what you want, like in a way, but I think I felt it was just a little bit I don't know, maybe a little bit too clever by half. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can probably expect the same again. Um, as long as I get like a, a, a somewhat satisfying conclusion to the story, I think I'll be happy. But I think you will. I think a game that gets a 92, fair enough it's dropped an 89, but that high, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I think it, the ending's not going to shit the bed. Yeah. I just hope there's not too much that I don't understand. And I'm like, I don't, how did that? Like, do you know what I mean? I will be shocked if at the end we don't YouTube Alan Wake 2 end and explain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm quite sure there'll be many of those videos kicking about. Yeah. And if there's not, we'll make one because I feel... <laughs> I we can do like a podcast. The Alan Wake Revealed podcast. Um, yeah, I appreciate it's not going to be a game for everyone, but um, it comes recommended from both of us thus far. Yeah. And I think the timing of it, like, I don't know, it's the haunted spooky season, you know, around mm-hmm. Halloween. I like that we're playing something that, I don't know, feeds into that, I guess. Yeah, I do think that, I mean, we'll probably be at it a wee while because yeah. we we're playing through it together. And although we do both get a fair bit of gaming time in, a lot of the time it is separately. Yeah. And so the amount of time that we can actually come together and dedicate to gaming is never more than two hours a night mm. and certainly not every night. So I think we'll be at it. I, I think we'll be at this into December probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else have you been playing then? Uh, Robocop, Rogue City. Mm, yeah. So we covered this, like, we covered the movie a few weeks ago mm. on our podcast. Off the, off the back of this coming out. Yeah. Um, so it's now out. You've been playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm about three or four hours in. Okay. It's not too far. But so far, I really like it. Like, I played the demo. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. It was really fun. And... It's just a continuation of that. Like I thought it would be, to be fair, because it being a sort of smaller developer, I didn't think it was going to expand too much from what you got to play in the demo, and it doesn't. But that's totally fine. Is <laughs> totally it? Fine. 
like the story of Robocop? Like, is it? So it's does set, it follow that? It's set between the second and third films, apparently. Um, it's not like a retelling of like the original okay. film or anything like that. So Robocop is established, um, and yeah, I mean, so far the story's fairly basic. Like, there's a, a sort of gang you're trying to take them down. Uh, lots of kind of interesting side missions that are a little bit tongue in cheek, but also played straight at the same time, which follows the sort of I don't know. It, it follows the kind of tone of the film pretty well. Um, and the character, which is something that you're wanting, like it's there's a lot of fan service here if you are a Robocop fan. And does it like I don't know what's like the actual gameplay and I don't know quality of it like I don't know I think like some of the reviews have sort of suggested it's a little bit dated. Would you say that like? So it's interesting. I haven't actually read the four out of ten review. I think it was the Six Axis. Um, and their reviews are usually quite good. Look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I honestly don't understand how you could give this a four out of ten. Like it's utterly bizarre to me. Um, I don't think it does. Like, I have read a few reviews where they've said that like some of the character models aren't fantastic, and I would agree with that. Like, occasionally when you're talking to NPCs as well, like the mouth movement isn't great. Uh, when they're talking, and that is quite jarring. But I saw, I can't remember which review it was, but someone said outdated visuals, and I just, I mean, again, yes, okay, with the characters, but see, like, the world. Mm -hmm. I think it looks fucking excellent. Mm -hmm. Like, there's the reflections, the, just, the the city feels like, it, they've got the tone down absolutely brilliantly. Like you, so the game's really gory. When you kill someone, there's reflections in the blood, the pools of blood on the floor. Lovely. Like I shot someone in the head, and it, their head just popped like a balloon. And as I was walking by, there was like a neon sign above them. You could see the neon sign reflected in the blood. Um, there's really nice reflections on uh, pools of water mm. when you're walking about the the world. Um, I, I think the graphics are really impressive. Like I, I don't, I can't get behind that part being outdated. Uh, in terms of gameplay, I wouldn't say outdated. Maybe slightly basic, but is it a full price title? No, no. it's uh, fifty pound. Okay, so it's slightly, slightly reduced. But the only thing I would say is that I don't know. Like these days, everything has to be bigger and more and do you know what I mean more mm -hmm. expansive and this isn't like I don't know if the whole game revolves around this area but after you get through the sort of tutorial area you're let loose in part of the city and you get to free roam about and there's side missions you can pick up there's tickets you can issue for people that have done stuff wrong uh, you can go to the main mission objectives and it's it's a small area it is open, but it's a small area. I can see that being a negative for some people. I think it's fucking brilliant. It's like maybe four blocks square. It's not that big. Okay. But it's really detailed. It's really well, I don't know, it's really well realised within the world of Robocop. And I just find that really refreshing. I'm absolutely sick of... Oh, if you go from this side of the map to this side of the map, it actually would take you 12 hours if you were to walk <laughs> rather than run. 
And especially because Robocop is quite a lumbering character, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you that's don't want true. it to be too big. That's true. Um, but no, I, th- I think it's really, really fun. For the most part, it's a shooter, a first-person shooter. But there is investigative elements as well. You can upgrade. Like, when you get experience points, you are trying to, like, pick up evidence. I mean, some of that is just for XP, but at the same point, you, you do have to do some, like, investigative work as well uh, to find out, like, secret areas. I mean, you're a cop. Out, you, you know, that's part and parcel, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Um, to find out where... Like, you'll maybe go to a location, clear it out, and then you'll have to find out where the person you were looking for is, so you have to piece together some clues. It's, it is rinse and repeat from that perspective. Like, you're doing that a lot, but it just never isn't fun. The gameplay in terms of combat is fucking excellent. Like, I said before when I played the demo, like, the, the feedback you get in the controller when you get a headshot, you can just feel the pop which is it's just so satisfying. <laughs> like, it, it really is. I was slightly disappointed that, like, I played, the demo only came out on PC, and when it came, we've got the game on PlayStation 5, and I did expect the haptics on the PlayStation 5 controller and the adaptive triggers to make that even more pronounced, but it doesn't. Mm. So that's, I mean, it, it is using them, but it felt every bit as good on PC on an Xbox controller. And that's one thing that I feel they they could have improved even more. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel bad. It feels really good. But I would have thought it could have felt even better on PlayStation, mm. and it doesn't. Mm. Um, so that's one thing. But, yeah, it's just never not satisfying. Mm. Never. Okay. So if you're a fan of Robocop, you like shares, this one's for you. Absolutely. I think oh. it's it, it's really, really good. One last thing, though, as well, and I would honestly recommend that other people do this, there is difficulty options. Now, I don't know how hard the game gets, but I just put it to easy. And it's because I want the Robocop experience. Like, see if you like, see if you go out into the world and you just get shot three times and you die, you're not going to feel like Robocop. Like, the guy's a fucking unstoppable machine, do you know what I mean? Like, I want to I wanna cosplay as Robocop. I want to have fun. I want to... Not that you can necessarily play it tactically but I want to be like going out headshotting people like I said about this about the demo but like you can there's things you can do where R1 does a punch and it goes into slow motion for a second when you punch someone one punch kills them it sends them halfway across the room and it just feels brilliant and you can grab people and throw them out of windows or throw them into other people and these mechanics are really fun, but see if you rank like rack up to the highest difficulty, you won't be able to do that very much mm-hmm. because you won't be able to slowly meander up to people to do this stuff that's really cool and makes you feel like a badass because you will just get tanked. Okay, so Craig mode advised. Thank Craig you. Craig mode advised. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and also I think I spoke last week. I had a couple of missions still to go in Spider Man Two. I've now completed that. Um, it's a great game. Like I, I know people thought I was kind of down on it last week. Like I was down on it while also saying it's a nine out of ten. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Alan Wake's an eighty nine. I just said this is a nine out of ten. Uh, really, really good game. The last couple of missions weren't for me. Like it. It sounds so. I I I understand how stupid this sounds, but like I like. 
is less as little superhero stuff <laughs> in my superhero games as possible. Yeah. And obviously with a lot of them, because that's what they're trying to be, that ramps up at the end mm-hmm. rather than tailing off. Yeah. Which is completely fair, but is not my bag. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was parts of it I loved. The the combat's great, the the world's brilliant, the web swinging about. I mean, like, I'm sorry, but see if you don't enjoy that web swinging about, like, you may as well just fucking get a new hobby because it's just really, really fun. Yeah, I've actually, like, I've not picked up the game at all, um, but I actually do want to just jump in and just have a little play yeah. about to do that. Uh-huh. You literally, even if you don't want to play a story, just half an hour, just yeah. beat up some bad guys and swing about the city. You'll have a fucking blast. <laughs> you can't, you can't not. Um... But yeah, for me, like my worry going in was the Venom stuff. I didn't enjoy that. I just didn't like. If they make a Venom game, I said that last week. I'm not fucking playing it. Like it was just button mashing pish. Uh, I get if if you like Venom as a character and you read the comics and watched the cartoons and stuff like that. Like I can completely understand that you'd be like, "Fucking hell, this is amazing." I get that. I never watched any of that stuff. I never read it. All I did when I was young was play football. Like I, I didn't entertain. I've never read a comic in my life. Um, so yeah, it, that part wasn't for me. But and the end of the game sort of tailed off. Like I was glad when it was done, and I haven't went on to do the platinum. I've taken a bit of a break, and the main reason for that is because of. Can I say this in a non? I mean, it wouldn't be spoiler anyway. But there's, in each region, there's lots of side missions, mm-hmm. and one of them is that you've got to like do these nests. And it does my tits. I just don't enjoy it. And there's like, I've got like five of them to do. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> I'll come back in fucking six months and platinum this thing because I can't be fucked with it. Is that something you could employ our son to do? Cause... Probably. But <laughs> see, to be fair, actually, as much as he's fucking loving it still, mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, I'm really I'm really dreading having to keep doing them. I don't like that one. And I was like, fuck, I was going to get you to do them for me because I don't like them. Uh, but yeah, no, really good game. Really, really good game. Um it's the best Spider-Man game and the other two were pretty fucking great as well. Mm. So if you have loved for Spider-Man, you literally cannot go wrong. Um, Yeah, impressive game. I've also, I said last week that I was going to play a game called Murder is Game Over. Mm. So this is a pixel art whodunit um, published by Retallica Games, which you don't usually get oh, out of them. An old favourite. I know. Uh, as they said themselves, something a wee bit different. I fucking loved this. I really, really liked it. So the whole thing is about, it's at the start, there's a murder and it's a game designer, a guy who's made like a really, really, really successful Mm. game. He's bought this castle and a gargoyle falls on his head and kills him. And there's eight people Mm. within the vicinity. Each one of them has a loose or heavy reason why they would want to do it, a motive. And so so it got, wasn't an accident. It was a it was no, a murder. It was a murder. Oh As the title suggests, it yep. was a murder. Oh dear. It's been a murder. <laughs> uh, and so you have to go about gather clues, um, talk to witnesses, find inaccuracies. Like it's not as in depth as it sounds. Um, it's you, pixel art. Like it's the graphics are top down. Aye, the graphics are fairly rudimentary, mm-hmm. but. Even in terms of, like, I don't know, the investigation isn't... Like, don't be worried about it being too in-depth. There's a list of questions you can ask each one of the the witnesses. 
And when you're going about, you'll find the clues very easily. And when you find a clue that sort of contradicts someone's story, you can go back to them and it's highlighted in blue for you to ask them that. Once you have found everything you need to find, they will tell you. And then you go to the sort of conclusion where you get them all in a room and you're like, I think you did the crime and you're a prick and I don't like you either. Um, and I was worried. So when I got to that point, there was only one other video on the internet. This released on PC last year, mm -hmm. but it's just out on consoles now. Okay. Um, and there was one uh, walkthrough for PC. And so... Because I got to this point, I was like, I don't want to make a cunt of who... Like, I knew who it was that had done it, but there was other... There was, like, about 10 different questions you had to answer, and there was one I wasn't sure on, and I was like, mm, I don't... I'm worried that I could miss out on an ending trophy or something like here, so I'm going to watch this guy's video. Turns out there's, like, five options for each question they ask you. If you get it wrong, they just go, nah, it doesn't sound right, and then you choose the next one. Okay. You choose the next one, so you can't fail in typical Ritalica fashion. But um, the game itself, I would highly recommend £3.99. Like, I've platinumed it twice on PlayStation now, and I'll be picking up the Xbox One at some point as well. I really, really enjoyed it. First person to platinum it on PlayStation 4. Oh, well done. Yeah, first in the world. Andy's not here to I know, congratulate so proud, you. I know, like, he would. See, he would. while he's eating his curry right now, he'll be sitting there going, I feel really proud. I don't know why a curry's doing that to me. Uh, all that space and I, exactly and I also made a platinum walkthrough that's on our YouTube oh well, there you go so that if anyone is struggling because there is two types of collectibles so to add in you get to switch between two characters you are detective guy and you also have a dog that can sniff out clues and so you can change between who is leading out of the dog or the, the guy and when you are the dog you can see clues but then if you're still the dog and you walk up and try and talk to someone, they'll be like, oh, the dog, that's a cute dog, or fuck off, I don't like dogs. <laughs> so you've got to switch to the guy <laughs> so that you can talk to them. Uh, and it's quite, a, it's quite a cool mechanic, to be honest. Um, but one of the collectibles is you have to get 30 doggy bags, which isn't difficult, but if you're struggling for the locations, any of them, it's in the guide with timestamps. And the other thing is there's a treasure hunt that you have to do as well. So... And you have to have both of them completed before you go to the conclusion so that you get those endings. Is it an easy platinum? I mean, with your guide, obviously. With my guide, yeah, but even without, yeah. yeah. Just make sure before you go to the conclusion, you've got the 30 doggy bags, and there's 31, so you only need to collect 30 out of 31. And make sure you have done the treasure hunt. Other than that, you could technically miss a couple. There's one, like there's a bear in the woods that you have to approach. And there's a couple of people you have to talk to. But if you look at the trophy descriptions, it's very obvious who you would talk to mm. and the bear that you would approach. Mm. So, yeah. But um, it takes maybe, if you do a blind run, I would say maybe 90 minutes to two hours, but well worth it. I would like, I've just put up a guide that I clearly want people to view. Don't view it until you've played the game <laughs> because it's it's really good and it deserves a blind playthrough. Okay. Cool. Um, oh, I've also... I've only played about half an hour so far, but I have played Vampire the Masquerade Justice on PlayStation VR 2. This comes out on Thursday. It comes out the day this podcast releases. Mm. It's really good. 
Mm. Um, so from trailers before launch, they sort of build it as a vampire RPG and it looked quite stealthy. And I'm thinking, this sounds right up my fucking alley. Because you've always wanted to be a vampire. Yeah. And I love being stealthy. Well, turns out when you're playing it, it's basically dishonored in VR. Mm, it's okay. so cool. There is some jank. Like like I say, I'm I'm only we only get to code through today, so I'm maybe half an hour in. And each time I go to open a door, my hands, my arm seems to get stuck in the door for a minute, which is a bit awkward. And sometimes the door starts flapping open and shut. Um, there's a wee bit of awkwardness with picking up items. And I've also had a little bit of weird AI. I got to an open part where you have to successfully stealth out about four enemies. And... Each time you take one out, the rest of them do become alert. So you have to sort of go in, take them out, and quickly like revert into the shadows or up back up onto the rooftops. And I did have an issue where one of the AI didn't become like didn't go off his alert state and just kept doing donuts hmm. in in and out of another character model. And I'm like, I can't do anything with this because I don't have any weapons at the moment and I can't stealthily take you out. So eventually I just had to like go down and try and take them both out at once. Didn't work and I get killed. Mm. So there are some rough edges, but very, very cool. Um, How long a game is it? Is it quite a short experience? No, well, apparently it's 10 to 15 hours. Oh, okay. So it's, it's a fair chunk and it's, it is really immersive. So like you've got to like, for people that know Dishonored will know that rats were a big thing in there. So you you can literally pick rats up off the ground and eat them for blood because you have to replenish your blood to be able to do your special moves. That sounds vile, but okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you If you sneak up, so you've got blink ability, which again, completely lifted from Dishonored, where you can like teleport short distances and you can do stealth takedowns by teleporting to exactly when an enemy is and you'll automatically take them out. You get a cool animation at the same time. But you can also sneak up behind enemies and grab them with both shoulders, Mm -hmm. by both shoulders, and then you have to throw your head forward, like your actual head forward, as if you're going to bite their their neck. And when you do that, it initiates like a little sort of mini-game where you start to suck their blood and a bar goes down and you have to pull away in the sweet spot and if you do, you get like a a bonus amount of blood right. intake. Did you find yourself actually like mimicking the mouth movements as you were doing this? Yes. <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> I mean, if you could set like a bit of cake or a burger or something in front of me, then I mean, that'd be ideal. Okay. I'll just take chunks. It's not a person. Okay. Well, I'm not going to eat a fucking person. But yeah, like I say, I've only played a small amount so far, so I'll report back more next week. But it's looking like a a real sort of showcase VR title, mm-hmm. which I was hoping for. I was a little bit concerned that it was coming to Quest Two as well. Not, I mean, we've got a Quest, love the Quest, but sometimes that does make it feel like it's maybe the game would be a wee bit limited. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be the case. It seems very in depth. It reminds me a little bit of the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners in terms of graphics okay which is certainly not a bad yeah, thing yeah. um but yeah so far so good and other than that i played a little shitty platinum mm-hmm. uh, you just left us behind craig 
Well, I was told I had to do it for one more week and then the fucking dick didn't turn up. Probably to try and bait me into doing another week, which I'll, I'll accept. <laughs> uh, so I saw that they'd released a shitty platinum called Skull Dash Ghostmaster. Yeah. And I thought, it's Halloween, let's be having you. Mm-hmm. Right? And I got the platinum, but fucking hell, it's that iBad driver guy's like that, 2 out of 10 difficulty. And he's getting fucking dogs abuse in the comments because it's not a two out of ten difficulty. <laughs> so the thing is, it's like eight really simple mini games, and each of them themselves are pretty easy. It's not difficult, right? But what you get is it does each mini game for like three or four seconds, and then it jumps to another random one, and it's always random what one it jumps to. So each time you start up the game, you'll get a mini game. It'll go for like three or four mm-hmm. seconds, and then it'll stop. And it'll jump to another one, and then jump to another one, and then jump to another one. And there's eight in total. Each time a minigame starts, it starts exactly where it left off before. Right, okay, I get you. So if it's stopped in a precarious position, sometimes it'll come back and you're fucked. You can't react fast enough. Okay. Also, each sort of like minute or so, the speed increases. So it starts off pretty slow, then all of a sudden it tells you it's now 1.2 speed, 1.4 speed, 1.6 speed. There's a trophy for getting up to 3.0 speed uh, and still being going, which if you are trying to keep all your games alive, as soon as you miss one thing in one of the games, it knocks that one off. And all of a sudden you've only got seven games to choose from for what's next. You don't get to choose, but what, for what appears next. Okay. Um, and then each, so they drop off quite fast. So in this guide, he's like, ah, this is the one. You want to just like fail all the rest of them. And then have this one because it's the easiest one. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, a, there's a tombstone and it has an arrow direction up, down, left or right. And you just have to match that when it comes onto the screen. Okay. In my instance, that minigame didn't work. Occasionally it worked, but a lot of the time, no matter what you press, it just didn't change. And Nathan comes down the stairs. Fuck's sake, Dad, you're shite at this. Never swore, but he's like, you're shite at this. Let me have a shot. He tries it. He's even worse. Right? That's when I started to feel that big dick energy. I'm like, ah, get yep. up, you wee yep. man. Um, and he did get better at it, but with that mini game not working, it was so difficult because as soon as that one came up, it just failed. Yeah. Um, but then eventually, after closing and opening the game about 15 times, it did start to work again, and we did get it done. But um, it's worth picking up for an easy-ish Halloween Platinum, but um, not a 2 out of 10 difficulty. Okay. Noted. But that's all I've been playing. What else have you been at? Um, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, so following up kind of a little bit on last week, like you sort of queried like, why is it so high? It's a, a review score. So at the time of recording, there's 113 reviews. It's dropped to 92. I think it was 93 last week. But Oh, that's fucking shite then, isn't it? I know. But I mean, it's still one of the highest rated games of the year, Craig. So. Oh, it's fucking tumbling, man. Yeah, Open it tells me that it's a 91. See, by 2025, that'll be like a fucking 78. <laughs> um, but yeah, you sort of queried, like, I don't know, it's a 2D Mario, like what? And I don't think I really sold it to you as well as I could have done. Yeah, I was three levels in and I'm like, what the fuck is this elephant about? Yeah, but like every level has like a gimmick. Right. So like... There's a there's a flower. There are like one, two, or three flowers at each level. Okay. Um, it varies. Uh, but like once you trigger trigger a flower, like the world changes, and not okay. just like 
it's not just a case always that you're still just 2D side scrolling Mario. Like stuff stuff happens. Like you change. Okay. Or the world changes. I think that doesn't happen in the first couple of levels because I didn't see any. Did you get any flowers? Yeah, I was collecting them. You can basically complete the levels without even getting any of the flowers. So that that you can avoid it, but you need flowers to or you need the seeds, the wonder seeds Mm -hmm. to progress. I remember finishing one level and it said I got two out of two. And I remember finishing the level and it said I got one out of two. But I don't remember anything changing when I got them. But maybe it did. But the thing is, like, I mean, look, I was like three levels Yeah, in. I'm on I'm, World I'm, f- I finished World 5. So. I'm sure what happened was happening in level two and three are pretty fucking basic. Yeah, and fair. then it starts to get a bit more mad as you go on. But yeah, I don't know, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of examples without, like, spoiling it too much. But, like, I don't know, you can, like, at one point Mario turns into this, like, super tall monstrosity um, or, like... Then there was one, it was actually like the label just stopped and it was a quiz in the middle of it, ah. <laughs> randomly. Um, or like, I don't know, there's different enemies coming at you or it goes to like a shadow so you can't actually see, like you're right. doing, you know, there's just loads of different cool stuff. And I think, as I say, I and think... does it all work really well, I think? It. Yeah, but that's like, it, you're constantly kept on your toes. It's not like you master a skill and you're like, all oh, right, okay, next level, I, I can do mm-hmm. it. Like it, it, it's constantly changing. What you're saying here is really selling it to me. Like, that sounds like what I want to play. Yeah. Like I say, the first couple of levels, I was just like, I was really impressed with the graphics. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we always talk about shit Nintendo graphics are, but like, I was impressed with the graphics. But other than that, I was just like, it just seems like quite a slow-paced 2D Mario game. No. <laughs> but, uh, aye, obviously that's that's them breaking you in. Yeah. And obviously there's, like, there's loads of new power-ups, so there's, like, this drill helmet, so, you know, you can drill your head into the ground or ceiling and, like, scroll along that way. Um, there's, like, a bubble flower as well, which, like, changes how you explore the levels or take out the enemies as well. So it's... You know, there's all these new power-ups that you can gather as well. Um, Does the elephant become more fun at any point? The elephant's not my favourite. Um, I've not used it a huge amount. Okay. Um, I don't plan to use him very much. He's, don't be wrong, his beak's quite OP, but I don't know. Just, I'm like, I want you to be Mario. I don't want you to be an yeah. elephant. But in order to take out enemies, sometimes he's quite, it's quite yeah, useful to swing your trunk at it. Um, but yeah, I just think, I don't know. So are you back to using Mario? Yeah, I've I've, I've, I've skilled up a little bit. You right. Because I, <laughs> I need the was it pa- just Was it just annoying you? I need the power-ups, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it would annoy me. I could do Luigi. I'd be happy enough to go on Luigi, but like see the rest of them, I'm just like, nah, nah, you're fucking... You're a side character. Yeah, I think screen. I think I've just learned a little bit to be a bit more patient because I think I was just trying to side scroll my way too quickly and not going. All oh, right, there's a swinging thing here. Mm-hmm. I'll just pause for a little minute, jump at the right time. I was just I was too trigger happy. You're trying to speed run the levels. Yeah, the only um, time Toad's acceptable was in Mario Kart. I wasn't Toad. He's quite good. In I that. was Yoshi. Mm. Um, he's never accepted no but you do like you do need the power ups for stuff because it just right um, so it's almost like it's not much easier with Yoshi because you're not you don't get any power ups if you're him do you no fuck that yeah I don't know I just think it feels like endlessly fresh each time you go to a new level it's different that's the beauty of Nintendo though I feel like they they do stuff where 
like I don't know, they get a lot of stick from non-hardcore Nintendo fans. And I would classify myself as that these days. Like, I, I grew up on Nintendo, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know, I do sort of find that I'm, like, I don't know, I've left Nintendo behind to a small extent. And, like, I think, like, what well, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, fucking hell, here we go, another Mario game. It's the same fucking thing, but it's not. Nah. Like, they're, they're so skillful at making things feel fresh because they do it is like oh here's another zelda game here's another mario game here's another this but they pull it out the bag every fucking time and they make it work pretty much every fucking time it's incredible there's like there's new enemies as well and you know i mean they just they take what they've had previously but they've just i don't know advanced it i would say i don't know if you saw this as well but there was a thing that said, and I, w- I don't know how many it was, but there was X amount of devs that worked on, it was either like, I think it was Mario 3, and they also worked on Wonder. On Wonder, yeah. And I was like, fucking yeah. hell, that's so cool. Staff retention. Like, don't we know, see, see what? <laughs> Staff retention. Yeah. I mean, see over in Japan, like, I think Callum actually made this point recently on Discord, because he used to live in Japan, and he knows the culture pretty well, mm. and he was like, that's not that uncommon mm-hmm. because like it is sort of like in Japan the culture is like when you take a job that's your job yeah like that's your life mm-hmm. that job you might get a promotion but mm-hmm. that's the company you work for mm-hmm. and that's part of your identity and mm-hmm. like that sort of shows I mean granted you get a job with fucking Nintendo working on Mario you're like I don't know. Going, yeah <laughs> yeah you're like I've sort of hit the pinnacle here yeah <laughs> work life complete and I'm sure they pay pretty well but um, it's, it's just impressive how they, like, more so than any other company, I think they managed to reinvent themselves so successfully while people, and I include myself in this from the outside, looking in are like, it's the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. But people that are close to it are like, you don't know what you're fucking talking yeah. about. And as well, like, I've, I don't think, really scratched the surface, but, like, there, there's so many little hidden things that they just get in there that only certain people will find or only if you play it over and over again will you come across. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, like, a few levels that are that are hidden that I've uncovered, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know, I think you can complete the game, but actually there's still so much that you've probably not came across, which is cool as well. Is there, has there been any nods yet to the 1993 classic? <laughs> Can't say I've noticed that, Craig. No. Nothing. <laughs> you kidding? That's a shock. Did you just want to say that in another episode? Just want to. Talk. Well, I mean, we're we're on the cusp by episode one fifty, and I was thinking if we we're going to revisit a film, that would maybe <laughs> maybe maybe do the best one. I mean, when is the an actual anniversary of it? Has it been? It was thirty years back in May. Oh, I missed it. But they are bringing out that mad. Blu-ray yeah, extra, that's extra. That's about 150 quid. So maybe that ties in with episode 150. Okay, maybe get Bob Hoskins on the episode. No, he can't because he's dead. I know that. <laughs> you didn't know it two weeks ago, did you? No, I didn't. Tony had to pull me up for it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that I have also played Jusson. Jusson? 
easy for you to say. Well, yeah, the... Hope you're better at climbing the are at pronouncing the stuff. The publishers who sent, kindly sent us a code for this game ahead of launch. Um, like Did the, they have a big thing about how to pronounce it? There was a link to a TikTok oh telling you how to pronounce it. Honestly? <laughs> Fucking hell. So it's French. It's a French word. It's the North, French nautical name for moving tide. See if you've got to send a TikTok link. It's been like, this is how you pronounce our game. You need to rethink your game Well, title. they did sort of say, I mean, you can call it what you want. We just want you to enjoy the game. Right. And so, are you? Yes. Well, that's good. Yeah. So if you don't know, it's a kind of a climbing game. That's the only way you could really describe it, isn't it? It's, it's like a zen climbing yeah, game. Yeah, it's, it's very, very like meditative. And uh-huh. Yeah, so it's from Don't Nod, who did like Life is Strange. It comes out October 31st on PlayStation 5, PC, via Steam, Xbox, and with a day one game pass release as well mm-hmm. um, so i did play the demo of it earlier in the year um and i i don't know i knew from that i was like yeah i'm enjoying this i want more um and it, the, the demo was like the f- opening of the game because i wasn't sure if that you know if it had just plopped you right in the middle somewhere of it but it was like the opening sequence so right i've had Aye. to play that again um yeah. <laughs> which is fair enough but um it's one of these games where there's there's no dialogue and so the world very much tells the story um, there's like this presence of like a long, long lost civilization. So there's like, I don't know, there's kind of broken things, decaying stuff lying about the place. And then there's like belongings and you find some notes that give you kind of a sense of what took there before, like what took place there before. Um, there seems to be some sort of drought, which is like why everyone left. Okay. Um, you just sort of get that from the sort of like, it's very deserty yeah um but there's this Vibe. you start kind of cliffside and you can see this big like tower above you um and yeah you're this like lone traveler you've got a little water blob as your little companion it's the last bit of water I d- yeah i'm I d- i'm still trying to get an understanding of like what the fuck's going on um but yeah that essentially you're climbing this big structure um, and there's kind of some puzzles and obstacles and challenges you kind of need to navigate to get there. Um, it's, like I was worried, like, I don't know. I was like, it's becoming a bit more difficult in terms of how to get from A to B. Um, I think it will ramp up quite a bit. I don't see it being massively easy all the way through. Yeah. Um, like, I was just having a look there. So you've got 15% of the trophies. Oh, it's popping them all over the place at the beginning, yeah. Aye, it does have a platinum, so that's good. <laughs> I'm um, playing it on my profile though, not yours. No, it's fine. I want to play it as well. Um, <laughs> just looking here, so you do have stuff like turn all altars, listen to all shells, read all of Bianca's journals, entries, read all letters. So there's a lot of collectibles. Oh, I didn't even know that was her name. That's good. Bianca. I mean, maybe that's uh, someone else's. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, so there does seem like a lot of collectibles. So it could be, I, I can see it being the type of game where you could be like, yes, I have completed that, but then see to like read all letters, there's probably some god awful fucking areas you have to reach yeah. to get a few of these collectibles. Perhaps, yeah. Like it would be so easy. I mean, if they haven't done that, you know what I mean? Mm. Like they'll be like, ah, you've completed the game, but you have to actually get to the top of that without fucking dying to get, I don't know a cairn or something yeah. like that i don't actually know like i've not been in a position yet because obviously you you attach your rope to like your hooks and you've got pins that you know to get further i've not actually 
I don't think it lets you completely fall. I think you're always like pretty much attached to something. I don't so, think so. There's no like death animation. I don't think so. I don't think you could just jump off or fall. I don't think like because mm. if, if any time I have sort of fallen, I have been a, my ropes saved me. Right. Um, and I'm not great at all with heights. But there's no sense of that, really. I don't feel like as much as I'm like, oh, I'm actually really high up because look how much I've climbed so far. Yeah. Uh, there's no sense of like. Oh, shit, I'm going to fall. Yeah, thankfully. If they did it in VR, then. In VR, it'd be fucking terrifying. Perhaps, yeah, I know. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be playing that. But yeah, it's it's a nice experience so far. It's, it's like the music that's just on in the background as you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to climb up here. It's It's nice. It's a nice chill that's good. So that for people that played the demo, then it is what was advertised. It's more of that. It's yeah. If you like the demo, you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Performance good. has been okay as well. There's a couple of times I've kind of got I don't know a bit janky, got stuck in a bit, which right. maybe and um, but otherwise it's been good. That's good. Um, and yeah, obviously coming to Game Pass, so it'll be available for a lot of people just to check out if they see what they think. I do find it weird, like obviously this will be a completely moot point by the time this podcast releases, but like I say, we get an early code in, but the embargo is after the game launches. Mm. I hate when they do that. <laughs> and I always like, I always find it fascinating because I can understand sometimes, we've had codes early for games where the embargo has been after launch and I'm like, nay fucking wonder because <laughs> you're scared that people are going to cancel their pre-orders because this is a hot mess. Mm -hmm. This isn't the case with this game. Mm. This is a good game. Like I'm not saying it's gonna be, it's gonna get a fucking eighty nine. You're probably talking high seventies, something like that. Maybe low eighties, maybe mid seventies. It's hard to tell these days. But it's not a shit show. It doesn't or it doesn't appear to be no. unless we've been quite lucky with. You're, sorry, you have been mm. quite lucky with bugs. But in this in a scenario like this, I do find it a bit strange that they that they like what they hiding. Mm. Because it just seems like a unique idea, a cool game, like, yeah, I don't know. I just find it puzzling when they do that. Because there will be people that will be like, right, this... They, I mean, the, the publisher have been tweeting out, game launches at midnight, and there will be people sitting there going, where, where the fuck's the reviews? Yeah. And they're not coming till half four tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll see. So far, so good. I'm, I've still to check it out, but I'm, I'm looking forward to doing so. Yeah, I'm starting to feel though that I don't know, because we'll come on to what comes out. But I don't. I need to get some things ticked off. <laughs> you need to get some things well... ticked. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I've just, uh, I've even ticked off Spider Man and PlayStation. I've got the nerve to fucking email me 15 minutes ago saying Marvel Spider Man. Your journey has just become not has just begun. No, no, hasn't I'm done. <laughs> done, mate. Fucking hell. It's because you don't have the platinum yet. They've, they know that. Oh, it probably has something to do with that. But I'm like, don't stop trying to pull me back in, right? I'm trying to move at a decent clip here, right? We've got fucking this Robocop game's twenty odd hours. We've got Alan Wake twenty odd hours. Yeah. Hopefully, just on it's like a four, four or five hour. I mean. You'd hope so. It's a cool idea, but I'm not climbing for twenty no, hours. No, because I think it, yeah, I think it could lose its charm if yeah. it does 
oh, like states welcome. Like, aye, I think they'll know that though. I think I, I can't see it been too long. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to this week's new releases. We've obviously already just mentioned Jusson. October 31st. Uh, also on October 31st is The Foglands on PSVR 2. So this is an atmospheric 3D roguelike shooter where, you're, where, uh, where you'll discover new paths and uncover old secrets, run into the unknown, fight monsters, scavenge loot and try to make it back before you are swallowed by the fog. So this is very much a horror timely, end of October, Halloween-y. I like the aesthetic. I mm-hmm. think the art style's pretty cool. It'll obviously come down to how well the the gameplay plays, but I like the I like the design, I like the look of it. It reminds me a little bit of that game that was revealed at Xbox where the guy was playing the guitar. Oh like ju- yeah. Like just aesthetically. Like mm-hmm. it's not gonna be the same type of game, obviously. Mm. But I don't know why, it just gives me those sort of vibes and I was interested in that game. So, yeah, I think it looks cool. Like I'm probably gonna check it out at some point. But it, I mean, th- these type of roguelike games, like it's it's totally gonna come down to is it fun to play? If it is, it'll be really good. If it's not, yeah, I was kind of worried about the the motion on these kind of ones though. Like, cause it, you're like either running towards or running away from things to shoot. It seems, and I don't know. I just well, that's the thing. Like, it's gonna have to handle well. Yeah. If but, it does, could be great. If it doesn't, and it needs, it would need to handle fantastically for you not to get motion sickness. Exactly. But yeah, worth checking out. Like I say, it'll be out by the time this podcast launches, so you'll be able to check out some reviews. I'm sure the bar wasn't too long after. <laughs> uh, Thirsty Suitors also comes to Xbox, Game Pass, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, and PC on November second. So this is described as a stylish, story-driven adventure that unfolds through turn-based battles, skateboarding, and cooking. I played the demo for this. It was part of what's that thing that Xbox do? They do a thing once a year where they release a bunch of demos. This was a good few months ago. ID Xbox? Yeah. Yeah, so it was a demo on that, and I didn't know what to make of it. The story seemed quite intriguing. It was a story about, like, kind of romance, and you're trying to... I'm trying to think now. You were trying to sort of find yourself and stuff like that. Like, very sort of artsy-fartsy, but, like... It was the gameplay, it jumped around, like, at first you were skateboarding, then mm. you were, there was there was definitely a turn-based battle at some point, there was there was loads of weird shit going on, but it, it seemed to work, in the short demo, it seemed to work. How that translates to a full game, yeah. and how engaging the story is over the piece, I don't know, but it did seem like it could be this sort of eclectic mix that could come together. But it also had a slight whiff of a woke story. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, the story was intriguing, but there was something there that made me go, hmm. So I don't know. Mm. It would definitely be one I'd, I'd, look, I'd want to see a couple of reviews on first okay. from folk that aren't fannies. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 
campaign comes to early access on PlayStation, Xbox and PC from November 2nd. So this is the direct sequel to the record-breaking Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, Captain Price and Task Force 141 face-off against the ultimate threat. More ultimate than the last time. I mean, it would seem so, yes. Hmm. It'll be good, I think. It'll be good and everyone will moan about it. That's sort of the <laughs> sort of what happens in it. Yeah. This is the one because people are already moaning about it because it was it it was originally going to be DLC and then they've just padded it out. It seems that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah. So I think initially they weren't going to release a Call of Duty this year, and it was going to be like a paid DLC expansion for the story. And so, but then they decided it was big enough that they could release it. So. I feel like from what we want for it, it'll probably just be business as usual mm-hmm. and you'll get a five-hour campaign that's balls to the wall, really fun, gorgeous, because fuck me, remember yeah. that Amsterdam level last yeah, yeah. year? Like, I mean, my God. Even from the the tra- like the trailer we watched for this, like not in 4K, it looked amazing. Unbelievable, I So... When we're interested only in the campaign, I think we'll get what we usually get from it. I think there'll be a lot of moaning for the online component because I feel like that's going to be the tacked on But If this was initially just going to be like a an expansion for the single player, then how much have they then scrambled and put in to make the online different enough mm-hmm. to merit this getting rolled up into like a seventy pound, a seventy pound expansion, like a, not expansion, sorry, a seventy pound game. Yeah, and I, I think there could be some blowback on that, but again, it's going to be the blowback where everybody's fucking bought it, it's sold like hot cakes, and it's the usual morning patrol. Mm-hmm. But it will be interesting over the next couple of weeks to look and see, like, is there going to be any sort of reaction to the fact that it's owned by xbox now yeah like it's still business as usual as far as like it goes with releases and it's going to be for a long time playstation have still got exclusive rights on i don't know fucking new socks for your character three days earlier or whatever but is this is there going to be people that are diehard playstation enough that are like well fuck you i'm not giving microsoft my money mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> So I'll I'll be interested to look at the sales. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Justice on PSVR 2 comes out November 2nd, which we already mentioned. We've also got Dead Island 2 Hoss DLC on PlayStation, Xbox and PC come November 2nd. So will you embrace the cult's vision and fight for their cause, Craig? Choice is yours in the first story expansion for Dead Island 2. I'd very much like to. I loved Dead Island 2. It completely over-delivered. It was so much fun. And I think this will be as well. And I'd really like to play it. But? Where am I getting that time? Right. Mm, yeah, I don't know. It's one of these things where, see if reviews come out and they're like, ah, it's really good, but it's only two hours long. I'll be like, yep, good. Well, there we go. <laughs> I can knock that out in an afternoon. But if it's like, I don't know, seven eight hours or something like that then i'd like to get to it but yeah, I don't know what did I you play dead island 2 on um i don't know oh 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Because that's an issue too, because we're... I know, we're juggling... We're console con- warring in our own house. I know, because we're juggling we're consoles like a motherfucker. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really mm. don't know. Mm. That's the thing now. We just, we're always just like... When we make requests or when we get offers in, we're just like, I just whatever. But then eight times out of ten, it's like, here's a PlayStation code. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think we need to like start pushing back and going, no, no, can you just slow your roll? Give mm-hmm. an Xbox code if you can. I, I can't remember what Dead Island 2 was. Well, you'll need to find out. Well, yeah, before I buy the DLC, that'd be handy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, EA Sports WRC comes to PC, Xbox and PlayStation on November 3rd, so you can build the car of your dreams, Craig, in wow. the biggest rally game ever. EA Sports TMWRC is the all new official video game of the FIA World Rally Championship, the first developed by the award winning team behind Dirt Rally Series. What you should do is you should message your dad mm-hmm. and tell him that this is coming out mm-hmm. because he was looking at picking up another. He was looking for an Xbox 360. Xbox 360 because he wants to be able to play his old rally games, mm-hmm. but there's a new rally game coming out. Right. So just. Send him a link for like an Xbox Series X or something and tell him this is coming out. Okay. I'll make sure it's an affiliate link and just skim off my dad. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Maybe Uh, wait till the 3rd of November because it is EA Sports. It could be shite. That is also true. Um, Quantum Error on PlayStation, November 3rd. Um, So Tech Radar calls this one an intriguing and solid horror game though never gripping or truly outstanding. At its best, when you're a firefighter using your special skills and tools, the title has an original premise and story, but let's, but it's let down by weird, over-the-top cinematic stylings as well as odd pacing, as well as characters and dialogue carved out of oak. Yeah, so it's currently sitting at a 48 on open critic it's only had four reviews in fairness um not great not great no 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 there was some sort of article kicking about about how this was already making money back but i didn't read into it so i don't know what that's about it's maybe pre-orders or something like that but there might be people cancelling their pre-orders now if they've seen the, the early review scores Shame. Actually, when you look at the trailer, like it looks like it's got potential, but they've obviously just not managed to execute it as well as they could have. So that's your lot this week, guys. There is actually about fifteen other games coming out, but fucking hell. Yeah, we don't I mean, have time for that. Nah, no, nobody's got time for that. <laughs> See if your game wasn't mentioned, maybe you shouldn't have released in October. Eh? Mm-hmm. Eh? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to this week's news. News, news. Bringing you the news with your digging team. Always believing in. Okay, in news that completely rocked the games industry over the last week, Skull and Bones has been delayed again for the sixth time. If you can believe it, the constantly drifting pirate game now targets a vague. Q1 2024 window. Word comes to us through Ubisoft's financial report, which also noted that a large game, quote, likely to be Star Wars Outlaws, appears to have been delayed as well. 
What the, what's going on with this game? Why do it's what? just a fucking shit show? I mean, the last it's a boat. How hard can it be to make the boat and make it shoot things? I but I mean, not hard because they had the game fucking ten years ago with Black Flag. All they had to do was put a coat of paint on that. It's oh, it's an absolute shambles. I just think it sets such a like bad. I don't know, like, how can you market a game that you just keep going, yeah, I'm just going to push it back, just going to push it back. Like, what what does that say to your audience? What audience? Well, well I mean, yeah. that, It's just like, all right, all right. Anyone that's remotely interested. But, but, I mean, Magic does come out and it's like fucking 93. We're like, what the fuck? I know, all the delays were worth it. Yeah. I can't believe it's only been six delays. I mean, this game was initially supposed to launch in 2017. It was supposed to launch like round about the same time as Sea of Thieves. Mm. That thing's on like season 17. Uh, it just... Look, I get it. They can't cancel it. It's had funding from some government and they can't cancel it. And they probably, for the same reason, don't want to look as if they've just shat it out. Mm-hmm. But at a fucking certain point, mm-hmm. you've got to get off the pot. Like, you can't just keep going with this thing. I mean, Q1 2024 is not that far away, to be honest. So. Right, but I'm sure they said that in 2022 when they delayed it to Q1 2023. Yeah, maybe. And here we are. They probably said that in 2017 when presumably they fucking restarted development or something like that. Mm. Like, what the hell? And it's, I mean, obviously we're very delayed there. It sounds like the Star Wars Outlaws game has been delayed as well, which is no big surprise. But it is a bit disappointing because that looks cool. Mm. That looks really fucking cool. It looked so cool that you were like, I don't believe that's coming out before April. And so it makes perfect sense that that's been delayed. Mm. Yeah. Uh, next up, The Verge reports that Microsoft's Xbox division is undergoing significant changes. So this was like an internal memo that v- The Verge just seemed to get copied into, don't they? Um, I mean, it's not the worst leak out of Xbox. In the last couple of months. Um, so the kind of changes. Sarah Bond has been promoted to the role of president of Xbox. So she's going to have oversight of like the entire Xbox platform. So that's like the devices, player, and creative experience, platform, engineering, strategy, business planning, data and analysis, and business development. And then Microsoft Game Studios boss Matt Booty has also been promoted to president. He will focus on game content and studios, specifically overseeing Zenimax and Bethesda. Um, and also on the marketing side, Chief Marketing Officer Chris Caposella is stepping down after 32 years. Um, so there's a, a little org chart if you want to go check it out. If I you're saw really that, that yeah, interested. like a little league table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is kind of, you know, a move to sort of strengthen their leadership team, but also kind of, you know, push to their kind of enhancing their gaming portfolio and expanding their reach, their... They have to do something. It's, yeah, they're trying to set themselves up for success. Obviously, there's been loads of criticisms with, you know, past launches of games, Redfall, I'm looking at you. Um, and, you know, the the rate at which these big AAA games are releasing. So, you know, hopefully this kind of restructuring will be positive and lead to kind of smarter collaboration and, yeah, align them with their kind of sharper business model that they're... Yeah, I mean, I'd always said, like, they own so many studios at this point that 
like when Bethesda was purchased, a lot of people said, should they just fold that into Xbox Studios? And that, my argument was, no, you want to keep that separate. Mm-hmm. It's too much to have it all under one umbrella. They did do that with varying success. Obviously, again, Redfall looking at you. Um, now they've brought Activision in. And I think, again, I think not only do they need to keep that separate, but they need to have Activision separate, Bethesda separate, and then everything that's under Xbox Game Studios, I feel like that needs to divide up as well. I mean, call it fucking Team A, Team B and Team C if you want. I don't care. (laughs) But divide it up and put figureheads in charge of each one. Like, we give Phil Spencer a lot of shit, but I think he's got a thankless job. Like, he can't be running around all these studios trying to manage stuff. Like, they need to restructure it and have, like, maybe, I don't know, one person for six studios. Because they've just got too many at this point mm-hmm. and they need to be cracking the whip more. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, I mean, it, it's all business speak. We, we need to see how it plays out now. Um, hopefully, it is a good strategy. I, I, I really like Sarah Bond. I think anytime I've ever seen interviews from her and stuff like that, like I think she she certainly speaks well. She, she seems like she gets it. And I don't... With Phil Spencer, I think he's really good at the sort of public facing part, but it's impossible not to look at him and see that he's talking out both sides of his mouth all the time. Mm. Whereas I feel like with Sarah Bond, like not that she's taking I mean Phil Spencer's still ahead of her. I'm not yeah, yeah. it's not like she's replacing Phil Spencer. I don't mean to but she, sound I mean like that. she could down the line. She's probably oh, placing I, herself well yeah, to yeah. you know but be I mean, that she, she, position. She's certainly moving up the ladder and I feel like I don't know, I just think she there's more of a genuineness about her. Um, so yeah, ho- I mean, hopefully this is going in the right direction because I, I do think they need a, a bit of a restructuring, uh, so they can they need to, they need to start pumping games out at more of a, a more of a regular clip. Yeah. Like where, I mean, I know we don't have a date for it yet, but I mean, um, Hellblade Two won Game Awards. We have to get a date at the Game Awards. I know that's the thing. You can restructure all you want and whatever but if the games aren't ready the games aren't ready at the end of the day so yeah but, <laughs> like, but i mean that's a problem just now but what you need to do is get people in place that are going and going going around these studios like i say maybe you're in charge of six studios and you go around and you say right have you hit this internal deadline have you hit this internal deadline next next mm-hmm. and keep on top of them whereas at the moment like with phil spencer he's got what 30 studios to go around so uh-huh. by the time he circles back to studio 12 and he says, did you hit that deadline that you were supposed to hit seven months ago? No, no, we only hit it two months ago. And it's like, well, that's five months lost. He needed to be there two weeks after they missed the deadline going, the fuck's going on? Get that sorted. Yeah. Um, so there's been some images of the new PS5 combo model with the disk drive circulating. And you can kind of see on like the image of the box, there's an asterisk and it notes internal connection required to pair disk drive and ps5 upon setup and this seems to have sparked like a bit of a stir online and i don't Shocker. i don't really understand why so basically fanboys involved well but basically if you buy the new model with the detachable disk drive it's not going to work straight out of the box until you connect to the internet which this day and age like that's pretty standard practice to me like everything connects to the internet like can i get a fucking toaster to work without connecting to the internet <laughs> 
But you know what I mean? So, and I don't really understand what people's issue is with it. Like, maybe if you're into piracy and that, you know, that negates... It. But... I'm pretty big on piracy. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I can maybe understand the argument for, like, game preservation. Like, I don't mm. know if you're one of these people that keeps it boxed forever and then one day you're like, let's make this work. But actually... You go to connect it and, I don't know, PlayStation have turned off whatever it is and, like, you kind of get it. To, I, I don't know. Like, My favourite bit about this whole thing is that everyone that's moaning about it is doing so on the internet. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Like, I, I love <laughs> that you've got all these people who are like, I can't believe this. this. How am I supposed to do this? This is an outrage. Like, you've just tweeted that, you dick. Mm-hmm. Right? You're on the fucking internet. Shut up. Yeah, it's not really a story, but I just thought I'd mention it. No, look, I mean, it's it's a story because it's been made a story. Mm-hmm. Like, it shouldn't be a story, but it is. Like, it's just, that's what happens these days. Like, fuck's sake, every two months I have to get a firmware update for my fucking controllers. Mm. For the DualSense and the Xbox controllers. Oh, your, your controller's got an update. Like, everything... This stuff's all fluid now. It's mm. all changing. It's all there'll be drivers on the fucking disc that need updated. Like, just... yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, creative director and both the literal and figurative face of Remedy Entertainment, Sam Lake, is fresh off the release of Alamite Two and is already looking ahead to what comes next. In typical fashion, it's just about the last thing you'd expect. Um, Lake muses that he still has. Other stories he wants to tell, tales left untold, like one was this crazy, huge budget, dark, gothic fantasy, which I haven't used for anything yet, he says. Sam Lake needs to calm his tits. <laughs> it was only six months ago, nine months ago, that we were had news stories where it was Remedy had seven games in production. Remedy aren't big enough to have like seven games in production, mm. right? Fair enough, you've shipped Alan Wake 2 and it's fucking brilliant. Just calm down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you've still got a control sequel. You're still working in remakes for Max Payne. How about we just get a few more of them out and then we can maybe look at your wee project over here. Like, great. Make it tie into the, the Remedy universe. I'm all for it. But let's just... Especially the Max Payne remakes. I fucking love Max Payne. Just let's get them out. Because they're not a huge team. They don't need to be taking on more than now, I don't think. No, probably As cool not. as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Animal Crossing-esque Disney Dreamlight Valley has been in early access since September 2022 and it's soon to be making its full proper launch in the very near future. However, plans have changed regarding its payment model. When it releases, it'll cost $39.99 instead of basically hee-haw. Um, initially, it was planned to be a free-to-play game, but developer Gameloft has made the decision to sell Disney Dreamlight Valley for a premium. When it leaves early access on December 5th, new players will need to buy in, with $39.99 being the price for the standard edition. Um, so yeah, this I mean, I've been questioning this for ages, like, when's it going to properly release? When's it coming? When's it coming? And it is now, but with the... Yeah, I don't know. It's like 17 months of early access, which is fucking plenty. Yeah. I had a thought when you were reading that out, 
and I hadn't thought about this before. So I don't play the game, but you do. I do. And our daughter does, yes. right? And you do you know what she did? What did she do? She spent 50k of my money. <laughs> How much did you have? Like 90 or something. Oh, that's heartbreaking on good shit. Uh, she upgraded the house, so we got a wee achievement for it. Right, I'm on board. <laughs> right, but... Well done, and then she's made a mockery of it. She wanted to build a school classroom inside the house. <sighs> playing teachers just now yeah ever since so, we've been a teacher that, and i really should just have set it up f- with her own game but then yeah so she spent all my money some reason about that right <laughs> so you can have to grind all that back yeah anyway what was your, maybe i could just reload a previous save actually I wonder. no 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 it'll be a, it'll be it'll all be cloud-based i don't Damn know um right so my question is do I and have to pay for it now even? I don't think we have an answer to this. Well, so we never paid for Dreamlight Valley. Mm-mm. It's on Game Pass. Yep. But it's the early access that's on Game Pass. So when the game leaves early access on December 5th, it's possible that it could also leave Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And if it does, then you would need to pay £40 to access your game that you've put, what, about 200 hours into. <laughs> yeah, that is a concern. I want, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's been a steer on this yet. No, I don't think so. But that's interesting. That could easily happen. You've got to imagine that a decent chunk of the player base is on Xbox. I know that'll sound weird to people. <laughs> but because it's on Game Pass, you didn't have to pay the fee for early access. But if they take it off there, all of a sudden you've got people that have been playing a game for a year and then are told 40 quid or we'll just delete your save file. Yeah, I mean, there there is obviously tiered editions of it as well that come with various like yeah, but the standard edition is 40 quid yeah the rest of them are like 16 80 i think yeah i'll do some digging and see what i can find on that yeah i just i don't think they've announced it yet but like i, I mean see from a game loft perspective other than the fact that you would get dogs abuse you'd probably make a fair bit of money if you took it off game pass now because people are invested so yeah, interesting. We'll need to keep an eye on that. Now, according to IGN Japan, from software, the Tokyo-based team is hosting a massive recruitment drive as it seeks to bolster its studio for multiple new projects. Among the listings, it's looking for engineers, artists, programmers, sound designers, PR representatives, and much more. Essentially, every role associated with game development that you can think of is, is mentioned here. Apart from easy mode developer. Right. <laughs> um, those interested are invited to register ahead of the 30th of November with a selection of online briefings scheduled for December. With multiple webinars planned, expected to outline the exact specifics of each role, it's possible we may learn more about what the developer has got planned. Again, it makes sense. They're riding a wave. They're one of the sort of it studios just now. So, yeah, scale up, try and get more games out. 
Interestingly though, I meant to bring this up a few weeks ago, like as good as Armoured Core 6 apparently was and did review very highly, not as highly as Elden Ring obviously, but still very highly, that game came and went. Mm. Like Elden Ring, again, granted, one of the highest rated games ever, like much more behind it, but like, I don't know, I feel like six, nine months down the line, Elden Ring was still in the conversation, but nobody mentions Armour Code 6. It came out, it had its time in the limelight for a week, maybe mm. a week and a half, and I've not heard it mentioned by a single soul since. Mm. But, um, yeah. Good. They make good games. They're probably going to make more good games faster. Mm. Uh, last few bits of news. So, layoffs at Bungie, but an undisclosed number. Yeah, I don't think anyone's safe at this point. Yeah, nope. And Wolverine will take place in the same universe as Spider-Man, reportedly. Yeah, they're both made by Insomniac, so they're just ripping off Remedy and making stuff in the same universe. Fucking just no creativity there. <laughs> Terrible. I don't know why they just don't use a multiverse. No. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, my, that's usually my go-to. <laughs> Okay, that's all for the news this week. We're now going to turn to our gaming movie. No, not not gaming movie, just movie review. Which this week was What We Do in the Shadows. So this yes, this is the one that you fell asleep during and Andy's watching right now. Uh yep. 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 Cool. <laughs> Continue. This is a mockumentary style comedy film that delves into the daily lives of four centuries old vampire flatmates living in a Wellington, New Zealand suburb. Um, Viago, Deacon, Vladislav and Peter, the undead roommates, navigate the challenges of modern life as they adapt to the 21st century while dealing with their unique vampire quirks. Um, Viago is a meticulously neat vampire. He takes on the role of a nurturing housekeeper ensuring that the flat remains a haven for his roommates. You've got Deacon, who's a rebellious and young-at-heart vampire, dreams of becoming a nightclub owner and frequently clashes with others. You've got Vladislav, who was once a fearsome vampire warrior who now struggles with his diminishing powers and a painful breakup with the beast, a powerful vampire. And Peter, who's the ancient vampire, mostly stays in the basement and occasionally, you know, lures victims for a bite. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so like the documentary crew captures their like daily activities, which range from like social events to dealing with the mundane dilemmas like chore charts and dirty dishes um, and hunting for victims. And as the crew spend more and more time with these supernatural beings, they unearth the sort of humorous side of vampire life, including their, you know, little squabbles and supernatural, you know, things that's going on. So... Yeah, what I watched some of this fell asleep pretty early doors, not gonna lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we watched it last night. I'm familiar with the TV series, so I, I get the premise behind it. And uh -huh. I don't know, like, it, it, it kind of stands out for this, like, mockumentary format, which I don't know, as the audience, you get to kind of experience the lives of these vampires through the, the lens of this documentary crew. Like, do you think that kind of, I don't know, there's not many other vampire movies that do that so you know it's quite a unique perspective I isn't think it's it? a really cool idea mm -hmm. um yeah so obviously we, we've sort of done it 
back to front because mm. I was introduced to this through the TV show, which came about because people liked the film so much. Um, and I do, I think, like you say, it's a unique idea and it's a clever idea, a really clever idea. The problem with this is the film's good. The TV show is much better. Like, and I think that's probably quite rare. Like, I think usually, like, what came first would be better and then they would try to replicate it and not replicate it as well. But it was a bit difficult doing it the other way around because in the TV show, they have better characters. But I wonder if I wonder if you had actually watched another way around, you would think differently because you're so like you were used to the original characters from the movie. Versus, you know, what I mean, it's possible. It is possible, but I don't think so because it's not just oh, this guy is playing this guy. This guy's playing this guy. Like in the TV show, they expand on characters. So, like in the TV show, Colin Robinson is a vampire that his power is that he bores people to death, mm-hmm. and he's not in the in the film. Like he doesn't have a character in the film, and that it's a genius concept that. And it's played to fucking perfection by that guy. I'm not sure what his name is, but he's outstanding. Mm. Every time he's on the screen, he's got this wee smile. <laughs> he's just, he's fucking unbelievable. He's absolutely unbelievable. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously there was like, so I'm a big fan of Matt Berry. Uh, he's in the TV show. You can see which character is meant to be him in the film. They even look very yeah. similar, which was a little bit creepy. But like that guy, I mean, no offense to the guy, but he's not Matt Berry. Matt Berry's fucking tremendous. So, yeah, yeah. The, so the, the movie actually didn't do that well in New Zealand. Um, I think it was like a very small budget, like sort of one of these art art house type films yeah, like it wasn't um, it wasn't expected to make a lot of money it says here in the trivia like the di- distribution to united states was cancelled um but then the directors were able to bring screenings of the film to america after a successful kickstarter fundraising campaign where it then eventually became the most pirated movie of the year that doesn't surprise me like you can tell watching it that it's mega low budget yeah like don't we know there's there's some a bit of decent effects and stuff like in there but it, i mean it looks like two guys going about with a camera like but that is the style they're going for but it it, it does seem low budget yeah i mean it's like again the the bars and nightclubs that the vampires visit are actual bars in wellington entertainment district based around was it Courtney Place? So do you know what I mean? They've obviously yeah. just went, you know, rather than creating a set of something like that, they've actually just went to actual places. Like, Yeah, there is a sort of... I mean, I'm not into films enough to, I don't know, be in touch with what's going on in the scene or whatever, but, like, obviously we watch our fair share of shit shark films mm-hmm. and they're all fucking Australian and stuff like that. And granted, there's a lot of sharks over there. But it does seem like you get a lot of these, see a lot of these low-budget type films, like you get so many of them out of Australia and New Zealand and like that sort of oceanic area. The most interesting thing, though, I think about this film 
um, and I'm not sure about the TV show if they follow the same suit, but like it, it's a lot of it's like improv. Um, so it says like about 125 hours of footage was shot, most of which was from improv improvisation from the cast. The process of editing that down took to a 90 minute movie it took almost a year and the directors have stated that they're considering making all the footage available online so that fans can edit their own version so you know that I think would be cool. like yeah they had you know scenes played out but I think a lot it, of it was just you can see that because there is like it, it was the right way probably to go as well because the fact that it's been filmed like a documentary like, you should have those sort of, like, during the film and the TV show, there's, like, awkward moments where it's just kind of like, oh, fine, and someone walks away or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like, I don't know, it's not clean, it's not produced, it's not, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it works because it's supposed to be a, a documentary crew. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think the concept's excellent. I think the concept's really, really good. And I, I do think, had I watched the film and then the TV show, I still think I would have preferred the TV show because, like I say, there's just... Like, all the characters in the TV show are brilliant, but Colin Robinson and Matt Berry, like, the, the two of them alone, like, nothing on, on the film can touch that. So... Yeah, I just... I think it it was jarring going back the way but it was it was fun it was still a good film like a, a few people had told me that the tv the film was better than the tv show like i like I, as i've said before like i don't agree with that at all but i do think that it's it's a good film and at the time it would have been a completely unique idea Not completely. I'm sure someone else has done it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's a unique idea. Yeah. Um, there is a, a follow up movie titled Werewolves currently in development. So I think it's also this mockumentary style, and it follows a group of werewolves living in modern day Wellington, New Zealand. Is it the characters that play the werewolves and the? So like in both the TV show again and the film, they do they have a sort of running kind of battle with the werewolves. Um, and see, to be honest, they're some of the funniest people in it. Like, there's a there's a really good scene at one point where it's the the castle just kind of rumored just now. It's right. not. I mean, like Stu Rutherford, who I think was Stu in that one. Yeah. I think he's maybe in it, but it's not. Right. I would definitely watch that then. Like, the, like I say, the werewolves were quite good in it. At one point, they have a, they sort of meet up outside, and the werewolves are like fucking goading them, and one of them swears at one of the uh, vampires and the main guy turns around and goes what are you doing? Say, say the line we're werewolves not swearwolves <laughs> and he makes them say it back and stuff like that and they're just <laughs> it's quite funny um, yeah there was, a, there was there was some really good scenes right so again I know you fell asleep quite early but the, the main guy he at one point uh, is talking about how he missed out on love with this woman and like he, he decides he's going to go for it now. She's 95 and she's in a, a nursing home. And uh, before he decides to do that, he's got a picture of her 
and um, he's like, he says, ah, I just, I, I just let her live her life. I let her go and get married and stuff like that because I didn't want to hold her back. But yeah, I do still think of her from time to time. And then he opens up the coffin and he sticks, he sticks a picture of it. It's not a dirty picture of it, it's just a picture of it. He sticks it to the top of the coffin, climbs in, shuts the coffin. And then all of a sudden the coffin door just starts going, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And he's clearly having a wank in the coffin. <laughs> and then the, the camera just slowly kind of cuts away with a like, fuck me, better get out of here. Um <laughs> But then when he decides that he's going to make a go of it with her, like, she knows he's a vampire. So then there's an interview with the two of them and they're going on about it and they're like, yeah. I mean, obviously, some people are going to, like, uh, be completely, like, put off by the age difference, me being 365 and her only being 91. <laughs> and that's the joke because he looks about 30. Yeah. Uh, so there's loads of, like, little cool plays like that that's that's good. Well, so the one other uh, good quote as well... Um, they they've got a familiar and they're trying to get them to get them some virgins and i can't remember who it is if it's one of the documentary crew or or someone but someone says like um like why why is it you prefer virgins and uh the guy replies <laughs> well i mean if you're going to eat a sandwich you'd just prefer that no one had fucked it <laughs> The way he said it, just matter of fact, like if, well, if you're gonna eat a sandwich, you'd prefer nobody had fucked it because <laughs> they eat the humans. And I was like, aye, true, fair enough. Yeah. But it was just the way. Slides like that though. Do you think that was improv, or do you think probably? Yeah, yeah but it's a great line. Yeah. It's an absolutely great line, just because they eat people. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And the bit near the beginning, I don't. You maybe uh, had fallen asleep just before this. But they decide they're going out in the town for the night <laughs> because they're vampires. They've got no reflections, right? And they're oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's, yes, you're like, yeah, it's quite difficult to uh, have na- get ready for nights out because we don't know because we can't see a reflection. And then they're doing stuff like drinking a cup of tea and they're like, look, oh, it's a floating cup or something like that. And it cuts round and they're drawing really shit crude <laughs> drawings of each other to try and be like, oh, this is what you look like. Yeah. So like, it's like a fucking. St- not a stick man, but it's like a really shit, like ten year old's picture of a guy in a bow tie and a fucking pair of trousers. And he's like holding it up, and he's like, "Yeah, that looks good." <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, I suppose it will just be me pying. Um, I give it four. I give it four. The TV shows are six. Like my takeaway is watch this film but then go and watch the tv show if you mm. hadn't because mm-hmm. it's phenomenal mm. it doesn't get the credit it deserves not enough people know about it. i hadn't heard about it, it was uh richard and uh Callum in the discord and punk i think as well um that kept saying you need to watch this you need to watch this and i it's mm. unbelievable but yeah watch the film then watch the tv show great idea uh really well executed mm. i okay. would uh, i would highly recommend thank you um so sticking with the slightly spooky horror um, theme we're gonna go for Five Nights at Freddy's which comes out um, is out is out yeah we either cover it now or we have to wait a year I saw some places it gave it like a shit score but then it's overall score's not too bad so I think it'll be I think it'll be enough to take the whole hour which is sort of what we do around here. Yeah, that is kind of what we do around here. Yes, and if you like that sort of thing, then please rate and review. 
our podcast because yeah, so if you like the whole being removed from stuff <laughs> please rate and subscribe yeah don't fuck your sandwiches goodbye yes <laughs> thanks for listening as always and we'll catch you again very soon